Thank you, praise team. Thank you, Joe. I, uh, if you'll note, the salvation candles lit this morning, and we're rejoicing in a salvation last week in our Sunday school, our children's Sunday school department. And uh, I think that's a good time to, to applaud and give God a hand that uh, God's still moving. Thankful for Sunday school, aren't we? And the opportunity our kids have to, um, to find you even in the midst of a Sunday school class. Who's still writing 2015 on your checks, all right? Who's still writing 2012 on your checks? You know, life goes so quick, it seems like. In just a few short weeks, I am going to be 53 years old. And some of you are saying, that's young. The kids over here are saying, that is really, really old. Uh, Life goes by so quick. And I know our kids, if you're going back to college this week or pretty quick, stand, let's see you real quick. Our kids, and Stephen back here. Yeah, we'll be praying for you guys. And Haley, we're jealous you're going back where it's warmer in Tennessee. The rest of them are going uh, further north, or at least uh, mid-America can get pretty cold, (laughs) too. So we're praying for you guys up in northern Ohio, northern Illinois, all the places they're going. But but life seems to go so quickly anymore. Uh, I know there's a TV show and there was a movie called Limitless. I've never seen it. Uh, I know the concept. The concept is this guy takes a pill and he has uh, unlimited access to his brain or something. And he can do all sorts of amazing things. And, uh, but we're not limitless, are we? Uh, we, we all understand as, as we're in this room today that we all have, as, as, uh, as the outlaw Josie Wells says, we all understand that a man's got to know his limitations. We all have limitations. Our physical life is limited. And we see the limited nature of our physical life in all sorts of different ways. Uh, One of the first things to go, I can't remember what it was. Uh, Oh, it's our memory. Yeah, our memory goes first. Uh, Last week, I drove to pick Spencer up at school, and I pulled into the Bunzel parking lot, and for the life of me, I could not remember why I was there. I'm thinking, why am I at Bunzel, you know, and... Oh, yeah, Spencer, I have a, I have a son at a school here. Uh, you know, our memories tend to be the first thing that goes. I, I heard a story of three older couples that were gathered, and one of the older couples, one of the men in the, in the, in the couple, set, was talking about this great restaurant that he and his wife had just been to, and he couldn't remember the name. And one of his other friends was saying, well, you know, trying to get him to remember the name, he goes, okay, what's that flower that smells so good. And the guy says, a rose? He goes, that's it. Rose, what was the name of that restaurant? <laughs> you know, we, we are physically limited. Limited lives. And we, we understand that in our physical body. And, and, as, and some of you may be young enough that you're not understanding that. Uh, but most of us in this room understand that life is limited. Just yesterday, I got a reminder of the limited nature of life. My Uncle Ray, my mom's older brother, passed away. Uh, Ray was an awesome guy. Ray was one of the smartest guys I've ever known. I don't believe, I I believe they released him early from high school. (laughs) Uh, If you you don't understand what I mean by that, come and I'll talk to you later about that. But he was so bright uh, that, that he became a tool designer and literally... 
you know, dozens of, of inventions and things that he designed and tools that he designed. One day I introduced him as a tool and die guy, and he got insulted. He said, I'm not a tool and die guy. I'm a tool designer. <laughs> and, and, and my Uncle Ray could just see something. He see, could see a picture of something, and it didn't matter if it was wood or if it was metal or if it was machinery. He could make it. Anybody else like that? It was just amazing to me. You'd go to his house, and you'd see this thing that looks like it came from a, a store, and you'd say, well, where'd you get that? Uncle Ray goes, oh, well, I saw it in a magazine, and I made it. <laughs> but Uncle Ray passed, and it's a reminder that, that life has limits, that, that we have limits, and we understand that. We know that. How many say something like, man, the older I get, the faster time's going? <laughs> we have limits. And the Bible recognizes in our physical state, we are limited. The book of James says it like this. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. Physical life is limited. But but that doesn't make life less valuable. It makes life more valuable. But because your life is limited, today matters. Say that with me. Today matters. You know that Econ 101. Who, who took economics in college? Anybody do any economics? Uh, economics 101. What's, what's the first phrase you hear in economics? Supply and demand. You know, supply and demand is this concept, uh, in a nutshell, that, that, that the greater the supply of something, the, the greater the demand of something, it determines the price of something. I can remember as a child... I collected baseball cards, and uh, you know because there was a demand for baseball cards, that there there was a price for them, even though it was just a piece of cardboard. What's the most expensive baseball card? Oh, somebody's right on it. If you'd like to donate that to the church for the parking lot, we will gladly accept it. The Hannes Wagner baseball card, there, there was only 50 to 200 of them made because he didn't, it depends on the story you're listening to, but, but, but the most prevalent story is he didn't want kids to be smoking tobacco. And baseball cards used to come with cigarettes. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I had bubble gum, and the bubble gum, you, you couldn't smoke it or chew it. <laughs> but I believe the last bidding that was done for the Hannes Wagner baseball card was more than $2 million. A little piece of cardboard. But because it's rare, and because there's a demand for it, it has a high value. So the amount of something and our demand for it determines the value. Who would trade a pound of dirt for a pound of gold? Right? I'd give a pound of dirt for a pound of gold, but who would trade a pound of gold for a pound of dirt? (laughs) Hands go down. Demand, supply, determines the value of something. And so our lives have great value because they're limited. Our limited life 
increases the value of today. Because yesterday's gone and because tomorrow's not guaranteed, then today matters. Now, for this series and, and for this vapor series, uh, we, we, we try to have a, a missional aspect, a missional emphasis in connection with, with our sermon series. And, and the missional emphasis for this is, is because it's sanctity of life, uh, month next week will be Sanctity of Life Sunday, I believe. Uh, we we are uh, looking towards the New Paths uh, Pregnancy Center. This, this was formerly known as the Community uh, Crisis. Somebody help me here. Pregnancy Care Center, but they've been combined, and so the New Path, and so the baby bottles are in the back of the sanctuary, and we encourage you to take those to support those. It's not enough as a church to say that we value life from the womb to the tomb. <laughs> But, but we need to put words and action or actions to those words. We need to put our finances behind that. And we say we value those things. And so it's important that we support them financially. Also in the back, in the foyer, there's a table that, that gives you some information on the community, on the New Path Pregnancy Center. And, and I'd encourage you to go back and look at the resources that are available there. And the other missional aspect of this is upward. You know, every person. Every family that came into our church yesterday matters. They are extremely significant. And they've come into our place for a short time. I believe we have first and second grade kids that play here. So for two years, we will have the great privilege, a very short window of ministering and loving some of these people. They, they may never show up on our premises again, but for this short period, this short window, we have this opportunity to love them. And it doesn't cost you any money. You don't even have to miss any football because all of the football teams in Ohio are done now. And who really wants to watch Ohio State basketball? (laughs) Folks, I'm not saying that because I'm an IU fan. I'm saying that because it's been ugly. So those are our missional. Man, I'm going to get stoned here, aren't I? (laughs) Careful, pastor. (laughs) So we need to consider... How we use today. How will I use today? Today is all that you have. You don't have, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Yesterday's gone. How will I use today? Now, Psalms 90, 10 through 12 says it this way. As for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or if due strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it's gone and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger and your fury according to the fear that is due you. So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. So so the psalmist is inviting us to, to number, to count, to consider our days. Our today. How are we living? Today matters. It's valuable. It's all that we have. 
Now, now Nancy put up here a, a scripture that says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. <laughs> I think that's a good start. You know, every morning, I think it's a good start to get up with the, the understanding that this day, that this morning, that, that this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I thought about that as we gathered in here. And maybe I should have said it earlier. Maybe we should have started with this very ideal. But what if today was the last day you were able to gather with your church family and worship God? We would do it a little bit differently, wouldn't we? Can I, can I encourage you to do something? Every time you walk in these doors and you begin to worship Consider that this may be it, because it might be, right? Consider as you begin to sing, as you begin to consider whether you're going to lift a hand or lift a voice or say amen or praise God in any visible way. What if this was it? What if I left this place and I was ushered before the throne of God? Would I be proud? Would, would I be pleased with my last opportunity of worship? But it's not just about Sunday mornings. That's right, your text has arrived. Uh, I hope that wasn't my phone. Not only is this your, could be your last Sunday... Monday by, might be your last Monday. And everybody says, amen, no more Mondays. In heaven, there will be no Mondays. <laughs> Every day. How you live that day. It, it might be your last opportunity. There was a book that came out several years ago. And I, as we, we considered this series, I, I almost did the series in conjunction with this book, and the book was called One Month to Live. And I think it's a phrase that we've used in leadership meetings. If I'm not mistaken, we've kind of talked about this. How would our church live if there was just one month to live? Because frankly, sometimes I don't know that we have much urgency in the way that we do things. But particularly with regard to the lost, I'm not sure as a congregation, I'm not sure as a pastor, that there is the correct amount of urgency in the way that we're living our lives. Do you realize that in this county, there are people who are dying and going to an eternal hell even today? And so there should be a level of urgency among God's people, right? Right? And so we considered using this book, One Month to Live, and we didn't. And, and maybe it's, you can get it for almost nothing, like 99 cents on Kindle if you want to read as you go along. You know, we're not really going to be referencing it. But they did ask a couple questions as they, they introduced the book. It was, what if you had one month to live? What changes would you make in your life? And, and I got to tell you, I, I think that's, that's a question if you take to heart that will most likely create change in almost every individual's life in this church, including this pastor. If you only had one month 
What changes would you make? See, today is valuable. Today matters. It's all that we really have. So how will I use today? This week, if this is the last conversation that you'll have with this friend, your child, your spouse, your parents, your aunt, your uncle, your, your loved one. If this is the last conversation that you will have with them, how will you handle that How would you handle that conversation? You know, I thought about that a lot. And, you, you know, would there be disagreements? I think there could even be disagreements. But disagreements would be over really things that really mattered, right? You, you wouldn't be, there wouldn't be a disagreement over the color of the carpet, but it'd be things that were eternal and essential. And even if there were disagreements, they would be handled in a completely different manner. What about broken relationships? If today was the the end, and and you knew this was the end, that, that there wasn't going to be a tomorrow, how would you handle broken relationships? See, see, I think there would be attempts at reconciliation. I think there would be forgiveness given. I believe there would be love shown. I think steps would be taken to, to, to mend what was broken. What about family and friends that are lost? You know what I'm saying? People that, that you know aren't in relationship with God. If you have just a day, would it change how you lived and how you moved towards them? You know, we, we, we believe in free will, right? You can't, you can't get somebody in a headlock and make them accept Jesus. But I believe there would be things that we would do to move them further down the road. I, I, I don't think we would be ashamed of our testimony, do you? If this was it and you knew there wasn't a tomorrow and you had that person that you loved that had never come into relationship with, with Christ, wouldn't you be of the nature that you'd say, hey, I want you to know what God means to me? Why are we so afraid to talk about those things? And, and, and I'm including me. Why are we so afraid to talk about what we think is so essential? If today was all we had, those essential things would be a priority in our conversations. So how will I use today? Deny that. I'm going to talk a little bit about yesterday and tomorrow. See, yesterday... And tomorrow can steal the power of today. And yesterday, we, we, the, the words regrets and nostalgia. Regrets and nostalgia can steal the power of today. Nostalgia. This is this preferred past. This is looking at how things used to be 
and just longing for them to such an extent that you no longer are present to today in the church. Can I be just real honest here? In the church, it's possible to steal the glory days your young folks are experiencing because you're still living in the glory days that you experienced. Can I tell you the truth? All of these days are glory days to somebody. Somebody is rejoicing in this service and saying, it can't get any better. And I hope it's not the case, but there may be some in the back saying, it can't get any worse. (laughs) See, that nostalgia and that longing for something that's past can rob you of all the joy of today. Today is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. What about regrets? Regrets are holding on to past mistakes. And, and, and this can be your mistakes or somebody else's mistakes. Regrets are looking back at the past and not letting go of what has went before. The, the inability to forgive is holding on to a regret. And, and, and when we withhold Forgiveness, we're holding on to the past in such a way that we really can't experience today. Can I tell you, forgiveness is not about the other person. It's about you. You are the one who is being harmed when you fell, when you refused to forgive. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to And I know when you've been hurt, this is hard. But the truth of the matter is oftentimes the person that's done the hurting isn't even aware. If they're aware, they don't even care. And we're holding on to these things that we just need to release to God. But not only someone else, but sometimes people hold on to their own past mistakes. Let me ask you, have you confessed them? If if there's sin in your life that that you're constantly going back to, have you confessed them? Because the Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our, our sins. That God separates our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. And if you're living in those regrets and those sins that God's already forgiven... You're missing the joy and the power of today. What is it? I think it's a um, casting crowns song where, they, where, where they're talking about their sin and God says, what sin? <laughs> Let me ask you, is, is it something you can correct? You know, so, and I don't want to, I don't want to, um, to undo what the Spirit's doing. So, so the question is, has it been confessed? And is there actions that can be taken to rectify, to bring retribution in the circumstance? And if there's not, 
If you've confessed and there's nothing more you can do, folks, there's nothing else to do but to let go and move to today. Tomorrow. And I wrote down two words, I think, when you talk about tomorrow. Fears and dreams. Fears are what might be. <laughs> you ever hear the, 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 the statistic that like 10% of what we worry about will come true, right? I worry about the 10% then because I worry about a lot of things. Uh, so that means 10% of those things are happening. We, we worry about most of the things we worry about don't happen, right? And fears are where we're, we're consumed with what might be. Let me ask you. Is there preparation? This thing that, that, that's causing you to lose sleep, is there something that you can do in that circumstance? I, I think a good example would be surgery, okay? If you are having surgery tomorrow... Right? There's things you have to do. You know, no eating, no drinking. Um, you, you know, you got to fast before you eat. And it's not bad to fast at any time, but fasting in preparation for surgery. But if you're afraid that you may need a surgery, you're not doing any of those preparation things, right? Until the doctor says, yeah. So, so how certain is this fear that's consuming your today? Is there things that need to be done to prepare? Yesterday can consume today, and tomorrow can consume today. I'll read a story to you. You guys like stories? This is story time. Let's get out the story rug. Jody, we have a story rug they can all sit on. In a certain town lived three individuals named then, when, and now. Each of these individuals lived their lives in their own unique way. And then insisted on walking backwards everywhere he went. To them, the only thing that mattered was where he had been. Sometimes then would look back at where he had been with great sorrow. He could see the places he had been and would cause him pain. As he looked back, he, couldn't just, he just couldn't let go. He would spend long hours just remembering with remorse and sorrow. Sometimes then would look back with great longing, then would say to himself, if only I could have remained in that place forever, life would be so much better. The problem was, then had to keep moving. He couldn't stop. And whether it was a place of regret or longing, it was out of reach. When was different. When was always sprinting towards the next horizon. He could see many miles down the road, or at least he believed he could. Sometimes what he saw down the road scared him, yet he could not take his eyes away. He just kept running with all his strength towards what terrified him. Even though he dreaded the thought of what he believed he saw, it drew him ever quicker. Sometimes what he saw down the road filled him with great expectation. If I can only get further down the road, everything will be better. Yet even as he moved further down the road, there was always something further out that was better and more desirable. Wind couldn't stop. Because all that mattered was what was a little further down the road. The problem was, was there was always something further down the road. And each step forward only brought into view new expectations. Now was different. Now was moving forward. There's no other way to move. But as now moved forward, she was aware of three things. 
She is aware that she had come from somewhere. Now had moved past people and events. Some of these experiences had been positive and some negative. There had been times she had stumbled as she moved forward, but her focus was not on the falls, but where she was at the moment. Now was also aware that she was going somewhere. She could see that there, had been, there were some places ahead that might be difficult. She was also aware that some places ahead might be pleasurable. But now was aware that what seemed ahead wasn't always set. Now was most aware of where she was. She was surrounded by people that loved her and needed her love. She was surrounded by memorable moments, people and moments that were once in her future and would soon be in her past. But these people and moments were present to her in the moment, so now had learned to walk and not run. She had learned to savor the journey and everyone that she encountered along the way. Now had not forgotten where she had been. In fact, her memories were richer because she had fully experienced the moments. Now was aware of where she was going because each new experience reminded her of the ongoing journey. But now was living in the full experience of today. All of us live in some ways like these three, and to be blessed is not to forget the past or ignore the future. Instead, may we all live in an awareness of today that allows us to enjoy the blessing of now. Today, we're going to close. Vicki, if you want to come. Victoria, Pastor Victoria. I don't know, Victoria, I almost feel like I need to call you Queen Victoria. (laughs) Lady Victoria. She's going to play for us, and stand with me for a while. I want to give us just some space um, to pray together. I think it's appropriate. It's, it's 925, so we have a few minutes. I just want you to feel free, and, and as she plays, I, maybe, you, maybe you just need to spend some time in early 2016 and meeting with God at an altar. And so we're just going to tarry just for a few moments. There's not going to be a long, drawn-out call for you. Maybe the Holy Spirit's working and there's something you you do need to confess. There's something in your past and and, and maybe you do need to find a place of confession. Maybe the relationship just needs to be updated. Can I tell you, I'm your pastor. I am a professional man of God. I get paid to have my life centered around God. That's a pretty awesome way to live your life. There's times in my life that God convicts me and he stops me and I have to say, whew, help me, Lord. Maybe that's where you are this morning. Maybe you just need to meet with him in a time of prayer. So let me pray with us and then our altars are available and then I'm going to close us with a, a prayer here in just a few moments. Lord, help us to be attentive to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Right now, we just give you praise and thanks for this moment. You are present to us in our todays. You're not some future thought or some future goal, but you are the great I am. And to be the I am means that you're not something from the past and you're not just simply something from the future, but the, you are the eternal present one. In our good times, our bad times, 
when we're laughing, when we're crying, when life's going well, when it seems like it's going haywire, you are there. And you promise to walk with us. Whether we're going through fire or flood, through storms. And so Lord, we give you praise right now for your your ever-loving presence. Lord, as I stand up before these people, I, I realize that I'm inadequate to give any message on your behalf. But I'm also aware of the unseen presence of the Holy Spirit that moves through us and in us, that empowers us and changes us, that that gives us the ability to see you and to see ourselves. Give us open eyes that, that sees ourselves as we really are. Not as we were five years ago or not how, how we want to be in five years. But where are we in relationship with you right now? And Lord, as we truly see ourselves, can we truly see you? You're not the God who just condemns, but you're the God who convicts so they can draw. That it's your love that convicts and points out those areas in our life that need work. You love us far too much to leave us right where we are. But your desire is to fill us with your spirit, to cleanse us, to empower us, and allow us to be vessels that live in this love relationship with you where we praise you and we glorify you by the way we live our lives. Where we have a peace that goes beyond understanding even in the midst of of a chaotic world. That that we, we live in a way in which temptation doesn't drag us down. That even though we have Trials, in the midst of the trials, we overcome. And Lord, I'll confess, I don't, I don't always understand these things. But what I do know is that you are good, that you are just, and you are love. Help us, Lord, to live in that love and in that awareness of your presence today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand with me if you will. There's a couple things um, for you to see. In, in the back of the sanctuary, there's a box and there's some, some disappearing ink uh, pens. And there's some little slips of paper. Maybe there's something from your past that you're just trying to let go of. And, and I encourage you, write it with disappearing ink. <laughs> And drop it in the box just as a symbolic of, of what you're trying to do. Maybe it's something in your future 
that you need to just let go of. And so that box is in the back of the sanctuary in front of the Union County map. And then also there's some cut flowers that Nancy Thompson did this little artwork and Nancy got these flowers for us and the disappearing ink pens and, and uh, you know, don't, don't write your check, your tithe check with the disappearing ink, please. But uh, um, she got these flowers from free, for free uh, from, from Walmart. So, you know, next time, thanks to my Walmart for the cheap, the, the cheap, the free flowers they gave us. But they're cut flowers, and what I'd encourage you to do is take one of those cut flowers and place it in your Bible and see what happens to it over the course of the next few weeks. Everything is fading and dying in this physical world. Um, oh, they took them down. Tammy, I was going to leave those flowers up there for the whole series. That's okay. Um, but take one of those flowers, put it in your Bible, and, and just watch over the next few weeks as it just continues to, to dry up and die. That's our fading lives, folks, as a reminder that this place isn't eternal. But we're going to pray the serenity prayer together today. And it's going to be on the screen. Ah, there it is. And you guys can read this with me as our, our benediction. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as he did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next Amen. God bless folks. You're dismissed.